September of 2007, uh, Adrian and I, uh, we, didn't, we didn't have any kids then. Amazingly, we had three in that amount of time. Uh, fertile, I'm not really sure. Um, well, we didn't have any kids, and we're sitting in a car at Pleasant Grove Baptist Church on 78 in Somerville, and we are at one of the services, one of the first services of the Journey Church of Somerville, and uh, we came there to discover what God would have for us next, and I had this huge burden on my heart to say, where God was just saying, Charlie, you need to plant a church. You should, you should get out there and plant a church. And I really felt that burden. I was wondering whether I should come, where we should come to Somerville and we should move here. And uh, that was going on for months and months. And we finally get here and I'm sitting in a car. And uh, you don't know me very well. I, I was crying. And that doesn't happen very often. Uh, to me, at least, I'm crying and Adrian is consoling me. And, and I'm just like, I want to plant a church so badly, but I know that God's telling me to wait. I know he is. Like, I just, it's so clear to me that we shouldn't plant a church yet. But we should. That God is calling, but not yet. And I was wondering why. I wondered why for so long. What God, why, what are you waiting for? And I took a, another job in another part of the state and worked there for a, a couple years. And, and I want to, here's, here's something interesting as I was kind of reflecting off of this. And that was 2007. So September 2007, five years ago. Uh, here's what has happened. Uh, in that amount of time, uh, Joel, your community pastor, worship pastor, he was only in his second year at First Baptist Charleston, and I guarantee you he wouldn't have left there. Uh, David Sons, your, commu- your connection pastor, the guy who did the announcements, and Jennifer Kenny, our children's minister, uh, they were both still in college uh, at that time. Cody Dickert, your student minister, was a sophomore in high school <laughs> at that time. Many of you didn't live here. They were still constructing Cane Bay High School. If you did not live in this city in 2007, raise your hand. It's amazing. God has a plan, and he is working it out. And so we began this journey. I actually met David uh, and, 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 and uh, Michelle Art, who is singing right here. Uh, we met both of them uh, in the next year. In 2008, we worked together for a little while. And in 2009, that burden got so huge. And I was, try, I was you know, we'd have these long conversations between Adrian and I. Of, I want, we want to plant a church. I want to plant a church. And Adrian's like, okay, if you want to plant a church, uh, let me pray about it. And we'll begin to pray about it. And, uh, and she said, but I want it to be so clear of where we should go. And because I was telling her, we should go to Charleston. I think we should go to Charleston. She was like, I don't know. I'm not really sure. And I wasn't really sure about it. She goes, listen, if if we are to go to Charleston, I want God to literally write it in the sky for me that we should go to Charleston and plant a church. Two weeks later, the Boeing company makes its announcement that they are going to bring 6,000 jobs. The economic impact would bring 35,000 jobs to this area, bringing hundreds of thousands of new people Cane Bay, I don't know if you know this, Cane Bay was about to go under at that point. And then they didn't. And now we have thousands of people living here. And Charleston is growing at a rapid, rapid pace. And I knew I didn't want to do this alone. And so 
Uh, in, 2000, in 2009, I quit my job uh, in December of 2009 and moved to kind of an interim position. And I knew I didn't want to do this alone. It just wasn't smart. And so I, know, I knew I needed another guy to do this with. And I was praying. I didn't have anybody. I didn't know who was that person was going to be. Uh, and I was just praying, God, I need another guy to do this with that compliments my, my gifts and who is merciful and a good leader and, uh, and could, you know, maybe do some music and that kind of stuff. And uh, I was actually at another job. And my, part of my other job was I had to replace myself because I was going to be leaving the planet church. And so it was my job to find my replacement. And so I got a bunch of old resumes in from seminaries all over the country. And lo and behold, this resume comes across my desk on April 21st of 2010, Joel Ainsworth, uh, minister at uh, First Baptist Charleston. And I, I was like, hey, this would be, he'd, he'd probably be good at this position that I'm in. So I wrote him this long email and I said, uh, you know, hey, here's this position. Uh, you know, you might be interested in it. It's an education minister position. You might be interested, blah, blah, blah. Let me know if you're interested, Charlie. P.S., if you're interested in church planning, let me know. <laughs> he emails me back for a couple hours later and he says, I don't care about that job. I'm not looking to leave Charleston, but I am interested in church planning. And so the conversation ensues between me, he and I. Uh, we walk down this uh, several month path of, of getting, uh, getting our families together and walking together. And we sat down one day and we said, what is the vision of Church of Cane Bay going to look like? And we, I think I have a picture of it up here maybe. And we put it on a whiteboard. You got my whiteboard picture? That's the Church of Cane Bay on a whiteboard. Uh, and we sat down for several hours and prayed and prayed and we sought God. And we said, what is our church going to be about? And I hope that you see in the big red circle that we have not changed from that central position of the gospel. It has always been our position that the gospel is going to move this church forward. And if you look very hard at that screen, uh, you'll see other stuff that some of them we do and some of them we don't. Um, but uh, we're, we're, it's so fun to see what was on a whiteboard happen right here. And to see God's vision for this church. All we saw was a whiteboard. God saw you. And God knew your names and God knew that you would be here and that's just exciting to see. And so, um, you can take that off so people don't stare at it the whole time, right? Um, <laughs> I wonder how they do that. Um, we moved to Cane Bay in September of 2011. So uh, two years ago, uh, Joel left his job in December of 2011. And we began to look for core team members. And uh, me and Adrian would go out to eat with, uh, with people, like usually twice on a Sunday from Journey Church and see if they're interested in coming to Cane Bay. And none of them were. It was, it was, kind of, it was horrible to spend all this money on people and invest in all these people and only to say, nope. That's not going to be where we go. And, uh, and then finally, we're just like, hey, we're going to have this thing called Discover. And so we did, we did a Discover lunch, and 40-something people came to that. And we had families like the Douthats and the Ulps. And we had families like the Stones come to that. And they said, hey, we're in. I, I remember that conversation with, uh, with Matt Ulp, who's, who has who now since left to go to New York. And, I, and he said, hey, we're, we're really interested in coming. And I said, great, cool. Well, we'll, we'll meet up. He's like, no, 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 we are in. And I was like, whew, somebody wants to join. That's awesome. It's great. Anyway, so I just, and we plowed forward in February. We added families like the Kitts family who uh, just left us to go to Houston. And uh, they, they were part of our core team. We just pumped into uh, what God had for this church, just the DNA of what the church is 
going to be like and serving the community and moving forward and watching, watching God begin to open hearts and, and find people who might be able to be interested in this church, both lost people and people who, uh, people who just might be moving to this community. And so we began to serve and we did stuff like drop thousands of eggs out of a helicopter because we thought that that would be cool with 16 people, right? Um, and so, uh, so we moved forward serving and serving and serving. And finally, uh, September 18th, uh, which would technically be Tuesday, but a year ago, uh, we launched the Church of Cane Bay right here in this building. Uh, and we are moving forward ever since. And we, we've, we've met every Sunday. We've started these missional communities who move forward. And God has done amazing things through you. To watch God move and his hands move and to, to, for him to craft this church, it is an amazing, amazing thing. So I want to tell you a little bit about what God has done. And I'll just kind of throw them out there. In this year, six people have crossed the line of faith to become Christians because of the church of Cane Bay. Twelve people have been baptized. We've gone from 22 people. I'll show them to you. Where are they? Where's my first group? There they are. There we go. 22 people. We've gone from 22 people to averaging 104 on a Sunday morning. We put together half a dozen teacher meals for uh, Cane Bay Elementary. Uh, we've served countless hours for orphans and homeless kids in our area, uh, provided meals and strong backs for families as they're moving into Cane Bay. Uh, we orchestrated some big-time events, like uh, for some odd reason we decided to build a huge snow slide and put snow on it in the middle of Charleston. That was cool. Uh, and then we, uh, a bunch of amateurs decided to blow up a bunch of fireworks for 30 minutes for 6,000 6, people. Uh, that was also very cool. Uh, we currently have seven missional communities who are serving. Uh, who, and what, here's, here's a fun little stat for you. There are actually more people attending our missional communities than attending our worship services. <laughs> that's just, yeah, isn't that, isn't that funny? Uh, that's, that's kind of fun. Um, I'm not sure what that says about my preaching, but you missional community leaders are doing really, really good. Uh, our students at Cane Bay uh, student group has gone from four to 17 last week uh, in, in the last couple months in a home. Like not, they don't have anything. Yeah. Give that, yeah. That's awesome. They did a great, they've done a great job. And let me just tell you this two uh, in one year, you have given $15,645 to international missions and church planting to make sure that Christ is going out to the nations. That's amazing. For, for a church that's pretty broke, that's pretty good, right? I love, my, my favorite quote from the video is from Guy Ackerman. He said, he said this, the church in Cane Bay has made this neighborhood into a community. Don't you love that quote? I loved it because what it, what it says is it's just a bunch of homes it's just a bunch of people that are not connected to one another. But what the church does and what the gospel does is bring people together into a community of faith, moving something forward that has good news for them. And what, here's what's fun, and I want to talk about what we're going to be doing in the next, in year two. So if you have a Bible, uh, Matthew 28, and this will be a familiar passage for you. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be okay. It's on the screen. Uh, Matthew 28, verse 16. It's the end of Matthew this is, called, this is called the Great Commission. And Matthew, if you don't know, it's kind of like towards the end of your Bible. It's the first book of the, what we call the New Testament. Uh, on my Bible, it's 835, but that doesn't matter to you. So uh, anyway, 
This is the Great Commission. It says this in Matthew 28, verse 16. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is something that we have always believed. We have seen a great work of ministry that has happened in Cane Bay. We've watched people become disciples. You saw what you saw Ben come up here. What that's called is that's coming. That's going from lost to found, from somebody who's not that's following their own agenda to somebody who's who's a disciple of Jesus, following him. Our, our cause is very clear. It has always been the same mission. We have never changed the mission. It is that we should go and make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's our goal. That's it. And the question is not, here's what the question is not. It's going to be on the screen. The question is not, does our church have a mission? Meaning, what are we going to do? What does the church of Cane Bay do? If somebody was to ask you, what, do you, what is the church of Cane Bay all about? What do you guys do? Your answer should always be, we make disciples. That's what we do. We have been called to do that. The question is not, does the church have a mission? The question is always, does the mission given by Jesus always have a church? And here's, here's what I want our answer to be right here in Cane Bay. Yes. Yes. Our church will do the mission that God has set us on. We want to make disciples. We want to boil it down to a very simple process of proclaiming the gospel and allowing people to, to come to faith and walk with him and teaching them to follow Christ and over the last couple of months this summer, we have done this thing called the Sojourn Series, which is follow Jesus. And I love what he says there at the end. It says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. He's saying that I am God. I am the all-powerful, almighty God who I have been given all authority. And we've been walking with this Jesus. We've been finding out what he knows and what he believes and how he walks and how, how, how he wants us to walk with him. And at the end of that life, he came to a place where he, was, where he was arrested. Even though he was an innocent man, Jesus Christ was arrested, tried, and then innocently convicted, and then sentenced to death. In which he substituted himself for you and I on a cross for our sins, as Ben said earlier. That he exchanged his goodness, his kindness, his righteousness, and put it onto us. And then he took our sin and put it onto him. Did that on purpose. For effect. God has a big plan for every single one of us in this room. And if you don't know that good news, I hope that today, this birthday, might be able to be your rebirth day. Where God redeems your life. And just like Ben said, I would love to talk to you about that. And Ben would love to talk to you about that. Or somebody would love to talk to you about that. About how to become redeemed and reborn into the kingdom of God and become a Christian. Now, 
So what, do we have, what does this mean for the church at Cane Bay? If it is our goal to make disciples, how do we do that? I want to put some tangible things, and you've probably heard a lot of this before, but we boiled all this down to four areas of discipleship. These are, the, these are if, if Jesus says, go and make disciples, how are we going to do that? That's a good question, and I'm glad that you asked. Uh, number one, we are always going to gather for corporate worship. This is an area of discipleship. Some people think discipleship is just sitting down in a circle and reading your Bible together. I believe discipleship flows through a lot of different things, and this is one of those things that flows through, that we gather together for corporate worship and corporate mission. There's, there's not only is it worship and praise and singing, it is also the mission of God happening corporately. And so when we do things like gather here, we worship and we sing, and I preach, and, and we all listen, that is part of our corporate discipleship. We are all learning together. And then we have other things that we do corporately when we put on these big events like a fireworks show or uh, coming soon is going to be, we're going to help this school with their fall festival and we're going to do that corporately and you'll be hearing more about that. And so there's a lot of things that we'll be doing. We also do some international mission things that I'll be telling you about in a few minutes about how we're going to do that together to reach the nations, to make disciples of all nations. And so number one, we do things corporately, corporate gathering. And we do that with, we do that through worship and we do that through mission. Secondly, we have missional communities. Missional communities, which are community and guess what? Mission, yeah. Community and mission. That we believe that we have a 10-mile circle around this area. We have a 10-mile circle that we believe that we are responsible for that circle and everyone who lives within that circle. And it's called our circle of accountability. In our missional communities, their job is to go out inside of this circle and try to reach and proclaim the gospel. And it is our job to give them multiple opportunities to hear the gospel and respond and see the gospel. That's our job. So if you're in a missional community, your function is to make sure that the gospel goes out in our circle of accountability. That's what we do so that every man, woman, and child might have multiple opportunities to hear the gospel. Number three... Number three, huddles. We believe that, that intimate huddles around the scripture and around mission are very important. And Ben said that he's in a huddle. He's in a huddle with me. And where's Curtis? Curtis in here somewhere? Hey, oh, there he is. Right. Uh, Curtis is in we, we, we meet every Tuesday at 6 a.m. If you're not in a huddle and you have Tuesdays at 6 a.m. available, I would love to see you. Uh, we, we just get around the word. We keep each other accountable. We walk in the scripture together. We, keep each, we sharpen each other. We challenge each other. We walk with each other life on life. And one of the other things we do is we do individual mission. How are you proclaiming the gospel in your workplace? How are you proclaiming the gospel in your family? How are you doing so in your neighborhood? So it's both scripture, coming around scripture and coming around individual mission. And we want to challenge that. And the fourth way that we disciple people is through their marriages and through their family. We want to speak into this. We want to, uh, we, we want to have healthy marriages that proclaim the gospel. Do you know that your marriage is simply a, co- a, a copy of what, how God loves his church? You are a giant illustration You and your spouse's relationship is a giant billboard to the world that says this is how God interacts with his people intimately. And so we want want that relationship to be very healthy. And so we want to speak into that. We also want to speak into your relationship with your kids and making sure you're the main discipler of your children. You'll notice that we left all, you, you probably did notice this, we left all the kids in here. 
Why? Because we want them to see what happens here on Sunday morning. We don't always want to sequester them off and not allow them to see what the church does. We want them to be with you. We want them to watch how you worship so that they might be able to worship with you and sing with you. We want you to be the main discipler of your child, not their teacher, not Jennifer Kenny, our children's minister, not Cody Dickert, our our student minister. We We don't want them to be the main discipler of your child. We want you to be the main discipler of your child. We want to equip you in that way to be able to do that kind of ministry. And we also believe that, so you have, with marriage and family, you have intimacy and mission. That intimate relationship we want to make sure we, that we speak into. And secondly, we believe that you, that, that, I shouldn't reach back there, that God has given you where you live specifically, and you should be the pastor of your street, that you should be the pastor of your cul-de-sac, that everyone around you, every single one of your neighbors might be lost and they might not know Jesus. It is your job and God has given you the responsibility to share the gospel with those people that are around you. It is your responsibility as a family to do so. And so we want to challenge you. We want to equip you to do that and want to keep you accountable to do that as well. So what does that mean? Let me give you some like very specific things that we're going to try to do over this next year. First, we are going to do a whole lot of focus, and you've probably already seen this. We want to do a whole lot of focus on missional communities and huddles. They are, again, the lifeblood of our church. We want to make sure that you're being discipled. We want to get you into a huddle. We believe that huddles are the best way to get into the scripture. And so, if you're not in a huddle, we want you to get in. Where's Dave? Dave, wave your arms in the air. Right back there. If you're not in a huddle, you need to see that guy right there, and he will connect you with a huddle. Or your missional community leader. Where's my missional community leaders? Raise your hands in the air. There you are, right there. Okay, if you're, if, if, if you're not in a huddle, we want to connect you with those people and they will help you get into a huddle where you are two or three people gathered around the scripture at some point during the week. We want to help you to do that. Secondly, uh, we want to focus in on marriage and family. One of the things we're going to do in the spring coming in April is we're going we're to walk through a marriage series uh, in April and May. And we're going to be teaching through what the Bible has to say about marriage. And we're going to culminate that sometime in that time period with a marriage retreat that we want to invite you to come on. No kids. We're going to retreat somewhere. We're going to get around God's word and see what he says about marriage. And I'd love for you to be a part of that. And we'll get you more details about how that's going to happen in the next year. Uh, and thirdly, uh, we're going to get around some international missions opportunities. We are do- Right now, we are doing nothing internationally to make disciples. That's going to change this year. And in fact, uh, we are, just to, just to let you know, and you can pray for us, me and Ben, the guy who's just on this stage, uh, me and Ben leave on this Saturday, uh, and we go to Haiti for a week. And what we are doing there is we are going to be going around to small little villages and finding out how our church can get invested into them. Haiti is the poorest nation in our hemisphere. It is the most lost nation in our, in our whole entire hemisphere. It needs Jesus so badly and has great need. And here's the best part. It's incredibly cheap to go there, right? And so we want to, in, we want to invade that country with the gospel. There's already people on the ground there doing great work. We want to partner with them. We want to give them, we want to give them resources. And we want to send you, me and you, we want to send you guys to go to Haiti, experience it. And we want to, we want to help. And get boots on the ground so that we might be able to proclaim the gospel to the Haitian people. We're pretty excited about that. I can't wait to share with you. So you can pray for Ben and I as we leave on Saturday. We'll be there for a week. And then we'll be back to tell you all about it, of course. Fourth, and I want to answer a big question here. Uh, A lot of people might ask. And you might be asking in your own heart. Maybe you didn't have enough bravery to do it. 
when are we going to get into a building, right? When are we going to leave this place? When are we going to We're not going to be in the school forever. Uh, yes, I, I know that. I, I hope that we're not in the school forever. I like it, but, but I, I want to be in our own space to call the Church of Cane Bay the gathering place. And uh, let me tell you this. We are hard at work uh, to really figure out what that looks like. Uh, believe me, we are hard at work to make sure that we are seeking out all the options for our church, what are the best opportunities for us. And there's people that are coming alongside of us to say, hey, I want to help you and I want to give. And I'm thankful for those people who are willing to invest into our church. Uh, and so uh, as soon as we know something, you will know something. Uh, but here's, here's what God has given me to say to you today, is that we have to become, as a church, self-sufficient. We're a church plant, which uh, simply means that there's other people outside of this congregation all over this country that give to our church to make sure that we're financially, uh, that, that we function financially and we ha- we're able to pay all of our bills. Right now, uh, you, as a church, make up your gifts that you give into the offering baskets and online, make up about 60% of all our total need per month, about 60%. It is necessary for us by May of 2013 to become completely self-sufficient. Here's the reason why. There is, uh, you know, just like if, you, if you're the parent of a teenager, you're trying to help them to become self-sufficient. You don't want them to leave their home unless they're able to produce for themselves. You've gone through a process for them. I have three preschoolers. They don't own anything and they don't produce anything. They are completely dependent. We used to be like that as a church. We used to be completely dependent. Now we're gaining some ownership. We have some things, but we are not producing And so what we need to move into is a season of production, of producing and the ability to feed our own selves, to be able to house our own selves. And so just like a teenager that you want to leave your home eventually uh, and go out on their own, there are people who invest in this church that are saying, you need to become mature and move out of your, move out of our house. We don't want to be paying your bills anymore, right? That's what, that's what we want to. We want to become self-sufficient. And so for the next year, we're going to be moving in that direction. And hopefully, uh, as soon as we do that, we can give word as to where we are going to be uh, permanently. And so we're going to be, we're going to be challenge you, challenging you on generosity. We're going to be teaching about, about financial stability in the next coming months. In fact, uh, this might interest you on October 14th. Uh, starting on, on a Sunday for six weeks, we're going to teach a, a financial management class called Balanced. And I'm going to be teaching it for six weeks. It's right here on Sunday morning at 8.30 in the morning. And so if you're trying to, you know, balance that checkbook, if you've always struggled making a budget, if you've always, if you've just said, hey, I want to give to the church, I want to give to the mission, but I got nothing. I got no money. There's no way that I could possibly do that. I want you to think about coming to this class. It's going to be, I think it's going to be like $20 to take the class for six weeks. It's here on Sunday morning. There'll be childcare. Uh, we'll get you more information about that. But we want to not only challenge you to give, we want to help come behind you and, and help you with your finances in general. And so uh, let me say this. We are hard at work and God is moving in a direction where we are moving towards independence. And um, it is all about And it is all about, at this point, trying to focus our efforts on becoming self-sufficient. So let me close with this. We are going to ask to be generous constantly. We're going to challenge you to become generous. But that means also that we uh, we want to be generous as a church as well. And so we want to lead in that. This afternoon, we're going to Eagle Harbor Ranch. It's a boy's home that takes care of foster children. And uh, we've been out there before. Hopefully, 
uh, I want to introduce you to that place this afternoon. And what we want to do for our birthday is, birthdays are all about giving gifts, right? And so we want to give a gift for our birthday to Eagle Harbor. And so what we decided to do is, is for our, through, we looked through our church budget and said, we can give $250 as a starter gift for our birthday. And so we're going to have 250 bucks that we're going to give to Eagle Harbor this afternoon. They don't know it's coming. Uh, it's a surprise birthday gift for them. But here's what we want to do, and this is the first time I've ever done this. I want to allow you to be a part of that as well. And so we're, we're going to, uh, traditionally this is called a love offering. Uh, and so we're going to have our ushers at the door uh, who are going to give you one of those little sound, uh, song cards of the original song that they wrote. Uh, but they're also going to hold little baskets in their hands. And if you have the ability to add on top of our gift to Eagle Harbor so that we can give them a larger gift this afternoon for hosting us and just to say thank you, we partner with you, we love you, we love what you're doing for the gospel. Uh, we want to add to that gift. So if you find it in your heart to be generous to Eagle Harbor today, you can do so on your way out, and we'd love for you to do that. But we just want to lead in that way generous, uh, generously. We don't want to hoard. We don't want to save all of our money. We want to lead in this area of generosity, generous with our money and generous certainly with the gospel. So I'm pretty excited about what is God is doing in our church and through you and what you've done this year. Um, so let me pray for us. Uh, we're going to celebrate and sing just a little bit more uh, about what God has done. Uh, and, then, um, and then we're going to get out of here and go eat some cool food, okay? So let's, let's pray together. God, you've just been so good to us. And we are grateful uh, for how you have worked and you, how you have moved in this community. That there are, there are people who have become disciples because of the effort of this church that they've moved forward in their faith because of this church, that there's so many people who might have been infant Christians that are now, uh, th- that are now mature believers working towards, uh, working towards sharing their faith with other people. And God, I pray that we would all be generous with our faith at all times, that we'd constantly be giving it away. And Father, I pray most of all that our church would be about making disciples That's what we're called to do, God. And I pray that that we would always be the church that stands up and says, we want to be the church of the Great Commission. Give us boldness to do that, God. Father, we love you. And we're grateful for how you're working. And it's in your mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. If you guys want to stand with us, uh, we'll continue our time. Finish our time out together, praising God and glorifying him for what he has done.